just a moment, we'll be joined by Perry Thompson, author of Striving to Be a Failure. Perry grew up on the east side of South LA, and he will be joining me on the line from Lancaster Prison in California to talk about his new book. Your telephone number will be monitored as grid. To accept this call, say or dial 5 now. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Hello? Hi, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, we don't have that much time, so let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, you got a book, right? What's the name of your book? Title is my book: "Striving to Be a Failure: Reality of Bangs, Jail Cells, and Coffee." All right, that's interesting. Uh, Perry, give me give me some background about yourself, man. All right, I was um, born and raised in South Los Angeles, right off Fifty uh, Ninth and Main. Um, I grew up in an environment where, you know, gangs were around my life. Most of my life, practically since birth, many of my family members were gang members. Stayed across the street from one of the local gangs, hangouts. And um, being in that environment, you know, I adopted the traits of the people around me. So by the time I turned 12 years old, I decided to join the gang. And I began my destructive path. And um, I was out there doing everything that gang members do. And at 17 years old, I was arrested and later convicted of first-degree murder. I was sentenced to 50 years to life. And 16 years later, at age 33, I remained in prison. And now I'm on a mission to try to prevent all youth from walking in my footsteps. Okay, you writing books and trying to look out for the youth. Uh, what's going on with your case? Well, I'm trying to, um, right now I'm waiting on Gascon. I'm trying to get out to the courts. I'm trying to get out to the governor. And right now it's just a waiting game. I, I've been doing a lot of good things. I've been getting in trouble. I've been doing everything I need to do to, you know, make sure when they come talk to me or... I to pull up my case and look into it. I got all my ducks in order, and right now, all I can do is wait. All right. I lost all my appeals, so, you know, it's up to the governor or, you know, the courts who I'm asking to let me go on um, the behavior. So, hopefully, everything plays out for me. Appreciate yeah. your concern about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Can you give us a little background on where you grew up at and what type of area that was coming up? Well, I grew up in the, um, what, uh, what is called the, um, the six-pack, you know, over there between um, Florence and uh, Figueroa to about central, that area, mm. um, the East Coast Crips. And um, my whole family is members of that gang. So I've been around that gang my entire life, and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded to accept.
Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Yeah, and yeah uh, you take off from after you did the borders from Figueroa, I mean, uh, to Central. Well, um, I grew up in that area, um, which is the East Coast Crips. Um, most of my family, friends, you know, everybody that I grew up around, my members of that gang, the crime that I'm in jail for committing is for the benefit of the gang. And, um, yeah, that's where I grew up at. All right. Uh, so would you consider that area rough growing up? Very influential on you. Yeah, that that area was a uh, very uh, rough and influential growing up on me. You know, I grew up on on the block where you know everybody was at, where all the gang members hung out at. It was um, what I seen practically since birth. You know, my family were members of the gang, and growing up and seeing that my whole life, you know, I, I thought that's what it was. To me, it was like a, a, a rite of passage. And, um, you know, my environment, where I come from, everybody I know, most, mostly everybody that I know, you know, graduating to the game like I did, and, you know, I'm, I'm here because of it. Mm. Did you, uh, you dedicate your book to anybody? Yeah, I dedicated my book to uh, a guy named Mr. Del Toro. That is the uh, young man whose life I took. And, um, dedicated it to him because, you know, that is the regret of my life. That is something that, you know, it, it, it bothers me every day, you know, that I took a young man's life, you know, for nothing, you know, and the older I get and the more experience in life I get, I start to understand the magnitude of what I did, you know, and I understand that he ain't never coming back. And me dedicating the book to him, was was me showing, you know, my you know, my sorrow and my, you know, apology to his family and, you know, my my one of my attempts to, you know, make amends and, you know, redemption for what I've done to him, you know. I'll never be able to write that wrong or fix it. But, you know, this book is me trying to prevent another incident that would occur between me and him when one kid going out taking another kid's life in honor of a game and destroying, you know, two lives. Even though I'm still here, my life is still destroyed. He's never coming back. And, you know, I'm regretting my life and dedicate the book to him. Hopefully his family went across the book or something one day. And, you know, it brings them some kind of comfort seeing that I'm trying to, you know, do the right thing and prevent, you know, this situation from occurring again. Another individual that I dedicate the book to is, is my boy Nipsey Hussle. And the reason I dedicate the book to Nipsey is because I, I never was um, taught to represent my neighborhood the way Nipsey was showing us. You know, you want you want to represent your neighborhood. You know, you take care of your people in your neighborhood. You know, you you teach your kids, you teach the kids in the community. You know, you try to you know teach them financial literacy, teach them how to raise their kids to have a better life than what we had other than just going out here and destroying our community with this self-destructive mentality. And Nipsey death was, was also, it, it, to me, it, it shows the, um, the help that we need in our community when 
someone from outside of our community comes out and kills somebody that's trying to, you know, better our community and show our community a different way. To me, that speaks to, you know, the self-destructive gang mentality that we all grow up with, you know. And, man, when I think about this, it's like, it, it's, it's deeply troubling to me because it's like, that dude was, you know, he was a once-in-a-lifetime type of guy. And for, you know, somebody from his own community, from his practically own gang come out and murder him, it, it tells me that, you know, we have a lot of work to do, and I'm going to be one of the voices that comes out and continues to tell our officers we, we can't keep slaughtering each other. We cannot continue to kill each other. You know, we ain't doing nothing but hurting ourselves. And, you know, you look at Nipsey, you look at what I did to Mr. Del Toro, it's like, how many, how, how, how much longer are we going to continue to do this? Was you aware of Nipsey's music before he passed? Oh, yeah, man. I was a, I was a fanatic, man, you know. I've been listening to Nipsey, man, before he uh, passed. You know, I, I was one of, uh, uh, I believe, a very few who been telling people since probably about 2010 that he was special. And, you know, I was in Pelican Bay. I used to listen to Nipsey. That's another thing. Nipsey was my go-to, you know, stress. You know, I put in the marathon, you know, and it's like my whole, the stress is gone, you know. He he carried me a, a lot through this time, and that's why he's also, you know, special to me in that way. Let me ask you what you was doing in Pelican Bay. Was you in the shoe, or that's just where they sent you? Oh, man, I was um I was in the shoe into the shoe. I was you know packing bay for almost ten years. Huh. And I was up there, you know, doing a whole bunch of nonsense, continuing to when I first got there I was continuing to, you know, try to earn my gang reputation and, and bolster my name and, you know, going to the shoe and all that was a part of it. I did almost two years in the shoe. Huh. You know, speaking on yourself and speaking on Nipsey is there anybody out there you would like to work with as far as getting a message out to the youth? Oh yeah, man. I will. Um, I would like to work with um, some of these uh, rappers and celebrities, and particularly particularly these rappers that you know promote the gang culture. You know, I don't. Before I drop names, I want to let it be known that I was one of them that promoted the gang culture. I was one of them that told our youth to go out there and murder This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. But I no longer, I no longer participated, man. And now I want to, you know, ask rappers like The Game, YG, um, Snoop, um, Future, you know, the Migos. Like, how many um, more generations are we going to get on behind these microphones and tell our youth to go out there and slaughter each other and, and use drugs? You know, come work with me and let's tell them uh, we're not going to keep doing this. You know, I, I, I'm sitting in my cell and I watch TV and I see our youth out there slaughtering each other all across the country. And then I turn on the music and I hear the rappers promoting it, the promoting the drugs, the, the killing. And it's like, what are y'all doing? Y'all don't see what's going on? Y'all don't see how influential y'all voices is on our youth? And it's like, how many more generations? Ain't nobody going to save our youth but us. Mm -hmm. Us and the messaging, those influential rappers and people that got big voices, they need to come out and say, man, we, we need to stop doing this because it's only hurting our own. So, you know, 
those uh, rappers' names that I mentioned, I'll let her work with them. Let me ask you something. Um, what's the reality of a millionaire, a multi-millionaire rapper or singer or actor wanting to give up the promotion of gangbanging and, you know, the whole Hollywood aspect of it um, because it can hurt their pockets? Actually think they would sell out them making money to do the right thing? That, that, that's uh, very deep that you say that because um, I, I thought about that. You know, that's how they make their livelihood. And I, I say this, if, if, if making money is more important than, than keeping our um, our youth alive, we got a bigger problem then. To them, well, well they got a bigger problem if that's what they're thinking, you know. But that's a, that's a great question, and I, I doubt a lot of them are going to do it. But I'm stressed for time. I have to right. get off this phone, right. but I would like to this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call, yeah, call, yeah, yeah. Call back and we'll finish. Whenever, whenever yes, you sorry. can. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Later. Peace. All right. Inmate at the California State Prison, Los Angeles County, Lancaster, California. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, say or dial five now. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Hey, what up? What's going on, man? Nothing. Let's get with it. You know you don't have that much time. Can you hear me? Sir, how you doing, though? All right. Sir, I can hear you. Uh, let me ask you. What do you want our youth to take from your book? I want them to, uh, you know, think about the, the bigger picture. Um, the end game. What am I going to get out of joining the game? And I want them to, you know, use their common sense and think about the things that they've seen around them, their friends dying, family members dying, um, people in prison that they know. I'm sure they have um, seen, you know, gang violence or something that's close. If, if they're even in a environment or anything where they're considering joining the game, and... You know, I want them to hire your life. You know, they finish reading my book, I hope that they understand they must value their life. How can I put it? And I'm trying to make sure I say the right words because I want them to fully understand exactly what they're getting into. And, yeah, Kev, man, I can't do it right now, man. All right, don't trip. There's a lot going on around me, man. There's a lot going on. All right, don't trip. There's a lot going on around me, man. There's a lot going on around me. This dude right here, I can't even get comfortable right here, man. Uh, oh, oh, man, I hate this, man. A racial situation? This right here, I got I to gotta put my, yeah, I got to put my ear in my, um, earphone because he's yelling in the side of my head right here. And uh, I see, I know he sees me on the phone. So that, that's distracting me right now because I feel like he's being disrespectful. So he got my mom kind of, you know. And this is the type of stuff we got to deal with while we're in prison, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the type of stuff that we got to deal with when we're in prison, you know. But I'm a, um, I've learned, you know, to you know, hold my composure, and, you know, because of the big picture. You know, I want to get out of here. And, 
anything you're doing here. No, I sat back. Like right now, I can get up and say something crazy to this dude, and all that does is strengthen my life sentence. You know, as soon as it goes south, it strengthens the life sentence. Every time I make a mistake, the life sentence gets more and more firm. And what was your original sentence? Fifty to life. Fifty years to life. Uh, Fifty and, years to life, and I've and I've been in here since I was seventeen, over sixteen years. And man, it's um it's a struggle every day when I wake up, man. And you know that's mainly what inspired me to write this book. It's my you know, struggles of dealing with this place every day. Like just now, man, it's, it's like, this is what I got to go through. You know, I'm trying to have a phone call and talk to my folks and help our youth. And I got a guy who see me on the phone, he's just yelling in my ear, you know, and tired of this place, man. And our youth need to know, man, this ain't, this ain't cool. Ain't nothing fun about this. And the minute you decide to go get the gang banging, it's going to be two results, man. You're going to either die are you going to end up in here? When you end up in here with our life sentence, it'd be, it be all fun and games until a decade get to go by, two decades get to go by, and you start to see, like, and these people really finna try to keep me in here for the rest of my life. And, man, if I, if I could go back, then I'd never get put on. Because I, I, I understand it now. I understand all I was going to do is end up the title of my book, Striving to be a failure. I'm a, I'm feeling right now in life, and this incident that just happened doing this interview is is an example, man. I nobody wanna go through this, man. And we go out here and mess our lives off for something that you know it, it really don't matter. And all in the end, all it hurts is yourself, our families, you know, our mothers, man. This this is killing my mom. My mom is every day I wake up. No, I, I'm suffering. But what am I doing to my mama knowing her, her firstborn, you know, was in a prison cell with a life sentence? She ain't going to tell me exactly how I was eating at her. But I know it is, you know. Getting her health start failing. I'd already lost my pops. And, and our youth, they, they have no clue what they're getting themselves into, man, when they go out there and join the gangs, man. Hey, Perry, can you speak to how the characters have changed? Since you first came into the prison system to now? Oh, man, when, when I first came into the prison system, I, I started off in, uh, in Pelican Bay. And uh, that was serious business. Everything you ever heard about Pelican Bay, serious. And now, what I mean serious, within months of me being in Pelican Bay, I was in a big riot with the, with the white boys. I ended up with my head busted open. The police shot me in the head with something called a black gun and um, knocked me out. I'm on the ground. White boy kicked me in the head. And this was, I'm talking about months of me just being there. It got real, real fast. And so it was, um, it was serious. It wasn't no, no games being played. This is what you're going to do. This is how it's going to go. It ain't going to be no if and buts about it. And, you know, if you don't, get with the program, we're going to get with your program. And um, today, it's still that way, but there's no more rules, though. Most of the rules is uh, have dwindled away because 
you know, most most of the youngsters nowadays are kind of prison. A lot of them are are doing these drugs, and uh, you know, when first the you know the structure was trying to maintain itself, but it couldn't because you know the, the youngsters, you know, they don't uh, they don't have any. Uh, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. They don't they don't care about nothing. Nobody's talking about because you know a lot of awesome drugs. It just it, to me it, it makes it worse. Or like I don't care about the prison politics or none of that. But you know when somebody can get off some drugs and come out and start a riot because it ain't dope dead or whatever, that puts my life on the line. You know every day I wake up in here. That's that's the reality that I gotta live with. That this this young dude who just came from the street doing what they call, I guess, designer drugs or whatever you want to call them. He comes in here and he gets to buying stuff that he can't pay for. And now he in debt with another race or something and he comes out and something happens. And so now my life is in danger. And it's, you know, that's how the prison system has flipped. When I first came to Pelican Bay, there wasn't no drugs in Pelican Bay. There were no phones in Pelican Bay. It was, you know, it was... This is what it is. This is a structure program. You're going to read. You're going to write. You're going to go to yards. You're going to participate in anything. And um, that's what it's going to be. Now it's no longer that way. When you it's say everybody for themselves, most people. When you say there's no more rules okay, and, and the youngs are using drugs, is this just for black people or is this for all races? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's all races now. It's all racist now. You know, that's that's the um, the new thing that, that I've seen sweeping through the prison system that has substantially changed since, you know, I've been in here. But, you know, I come from a different uh, generation. Like, you know, I was I was raised that, you know, we don't do drugs. You know, we don't do you know, no hard, crazy drugs. The most I ever did was marijuana and drink a little bit. But this, this new... Generation already, they're they're different, and now that a lot of the rules went away too, because there's a lot of incentives for a lot of these OGs or guys that've been here for a long time, including myself. They 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 gave us a lot of programs, so that's another reason why some of the older guys have stepped back and just let them run wild. Because it's like, man, I got an opportunity to go home now. This dude on drugs, I can't stop him. So hey, just gonna let him go. Mm -hmm. Man, I got to deal with it every day, man, because I wanted to be a big bag gang banger, man. Right now, I'm over here, like, really pissed up. I'm, like, you know, I'm, I'm maintaining my composure, but this place drives me crazy, man. And it's heavy as well. I'm on a mission. I'm on. I don't want none of our young people to continue to go through this, man. And it's like, how long are we going to continue to... You know, instruct all young people, man, go get put on the hood, man, you know, do this, do that. And it's like, we know better now. And it's going to be on people like me to tell them, like, man, that, that ain't what it is. This is not what it is right here, man. It'd be all fun when they're out there functioning, hanging out, doing this, doing that. Telling you, when they sit you down for some decades, you sitting in that field watching this big world on them TVs and your door really locked. Won't understand this is really not a game. Right. Right now, I got a life sentence. And that means today I'm really scheduled to die in this place. 
only thing that's going to change right now is if the governor grant me something, the courts. But as of right now, it's not going to happen. That's just me hoping and praying. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep your head up, bro. Um, a lot of people came from up under the elbows, bro. Uh, you just got to stay diligent yeah. in your case and, and keep up the effort of whatever you can do. Talk to the governor or uh, you exhausted your pills already, right? Did you exhaust your pills already? Yeah, I, I lost all of those. Right now, I'm just banking on them. I got a commutation in with the governor and um, I got a request for the uh, new DA in LA. Right. So, um, right. recommend resentencing for me. Well, we don't have a lot those of time. Are, uh, we don't have that much time. Can can you um uh, nowadays with everybody writing books, it's easy to uh, self-publish books. What makes your book unique compared to other people's books? Uh, because my book is coming from you know a, a person who you know I I lived what I'm what I'm talking about in my book. I was out there living the title of my book. I was out there striving to be a failure. I'm in the trenches right now. I'm not a person that waits till I got out of prison to, you know, tell my story. No, I'm, I'm, I'm letting the youngsters know right now why I'm in here. Look, this is what it is. This is going to be the result. And you, you go find me another book like that. You go find me another book of a person that's in prison that laid it all out from the, the birth of the game to initiation to the incarceration to, you know, hurting your family to, you know, it's, it's laid all out in the book. And I'm a person that lived it. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I haven't, um, I haven't seen no book like there out there like mine, and that, that is what encouraged me to write that book, you know, to, that the youth know. My ultimate message. What is the end result? Wouldn't you go decide to get put on that game? What do you think you're going to get out of it? I can tell you're not going to get no 401k. You're not going to get no retirement benefits. You're not going to become the president. You're not about to become the king or nothing. You're not even going to be respected in the eyes of the people that really matter. Only people you're going to be respected in is in the people that's encouraging you to terrorize your community. And when it's all said and done and you're riding in the way in one of these cells or in the grave, it's going to be all for nothing. And um, that's the ultimate message in my book. And I, I want people to go find another book like it. Right. Well, congratulations on being an author, man. And hopefully your book sells, pick up. Um, matter of fact, how's your book selling right now? Oh, it's doing, it's doing very well, man. Good. You know, I got a lot of support from the people out there because, you know, my book is for, it's for our young people and it's from my heart, man. You know, I, I, the book is raw. A lot of people don't agree with it. Some, you know, a lot of uh, gang members don't agree with it. You have 60 seconds remaining. Are you said too much or are you down, talk to guy? I don't care about none of that. If it, if it says something more youth out there, well, it is what it is. Mm, that's deep. Well, all right, man. Congratulations on your book, man. Hopefully, I can help you out. And uh, stay in touch, bro. Oh, well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man, for your patience with me, too, man.
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have a good one, bro. All right, man. All right. All right, you too.